The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org.
now we need to make sure it's not going. Okay. You're definitely muted on here in your Zoom. My video is off. Yeah, that looks right. On you. It is okay. Okay. And so then now it's just a matter of doing the restream, turning everything on, and then looking at YouTube. Yeah. Because <laughs> it looks like you have everything set up. You're, you're, you're like, you're almost there. It's just, you know, the weird. Yeah, I know. Like, I why know. did when I copied it <laughs> three times? <laughs> Silly thing. I don't know. I don't know. It's okay. I'm getting used to the humility. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you took a little break, too, so it's good. <laughs> that's the part that I missed. I was like, fine. Well, that's the first thing I wrote down because um, I didn't know when they never told me which one. So when he finally told me, I wrote that. So really, I just have to turn on the restream button, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it'll switch all the duty stuff on. Just one button. I thought it was at the top, but sometimes I don't know. It looks different every time to me. <laughs> Let's see. I wonder what it shows on mine. So all these are off. Look at that. Toggle all off on. You see? This is what mine has. Yeah, yeah I have that same print. Is it start webinar? Can I do that? It says you're in a practice session, start webinar. Oh, so that's probably what takes it. Yeah, okay, interesting. So when you're ready, I'm hoping. Yeah, should I not turn on the practice? Never used practice before. It's kind of good though because it shows you, you know, you get everything set up. That's what I thought. <laughs> but again, yeah, always a little confused. Yeah, and this, of course, you know, it doesn't say anything about practice <laughs> in the in this. Oh, there's just a lot of little things I've learned. If it's not here, look for it over there. <laughs> Hi. Um, this is what it's like if I'm five minutes earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't you get to see us in panic mode usually. <laughs> oh, new chairs, huh? Oh, my. Yeah, I came in and it was all disheveled. I was trying to get it together. 
here. People can't see whoever's clicked here. So is it still not showing that button? We might not have a quorum today. I mean, when you're when you're ready, my suggestion is to on this. Oh, and Ring Central is that up? Oh, we got new chairs. Yeah. Wow. So, so with five people, that's not a quorum, correct? Correct. Members, no, nine members, right? Oh my gosh, I thought um, there's possibly 11 and we have 10. And 11 spaces for sure, so we have 10. Yeah, we have 10, so five is not a quorum. Um, so I suggest announcements, and we can't technically vote on anything, um, including, though, the sustainability plan. So we can at least go to live stream. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, Ellen will, won't be able to do the... Uh, the recommendation. recommendation, yep. When are they like, planning to vote on it anyway? But I don't know, but I got the impression from Jean that it was going to happen anyway. So it's happening like Believe today? Or wait, this Probably is whenever the next city commission meeting is. Oh, no, this is our thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, what September do you mean? Join a meeting? Yeah, so I don't know. We want to tell Alan when he's here that we can't do anything about it. Things came up. I didn't know about Emily, but and we can't. Yeah, she emailed just me, so I figured I was maybe we should okay. touch base because yeah, Rob, maybe Rob people emailed only just touch. me. Yeah, yeah. Good call. <laughs> um, all right. Well, meeting, I guess. Easy one to chair. Yeah, I know. What a first <laughs> yeah. one to do. Hey, dude, how you doing? <laughs> Great. Good to hear. I regret to inform you, we don't have quorum today. We have oh, okay. uh, five. Uh, people let us know that they won't be able to make it. So, so this was a very short. Will be very short. Pretty short, yeah. <laughs> Might go on the record. Yeah, that's okay. It is what it is. Um, so we'll probably, yeah, just talk briefly to hear out from our uh, friends in the sustainability team and. But we can't vote on anything. No, we right. cannot. We can't even approve the agenda. Yeah. Actually. Yep. <laughs> so we'll have to move that to next. Yeah. Next time, and and because we can't do any of the email voting. Right. So right. Yeah. We can't even like by email try to. Exactly. Get anything through. No. Nope. It only happened. No one can dial in. Like. This happened mm -hmm. twice. Passwords. 
Uh, yeah, it happened right was, in the beginning of when we came back from being remote. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. um, at least that January, if not January, February. And right. I think one of the times we tried and came in person and there wasn't enough. Right, right. The one, one time we were told ahead of time, not, mm. not even to show up because we didn't have enough. So. Yeah, once they uh, rescinded the state's emergency order for COVID, hello, then hello. we acquired everybody anything. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. So I'm gonna. I was thinking that can count as announcements. Yeah, sure, that works. And that's why I was like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hello, are you Alan by chance? I'm Alan by mm -hmm. chance. Hi, Alan. I'm Ian. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. This is I know Sharon. We've worked on her day a bunch of times. I have it on my um, list today, actually, to email you about the bins again to see okay, if I can yes, come so grab I'll those. Okay. Yes. Open the garage. Cool. Whenever you want them, they're, they're yeah. yours. I don't have a garage, but I guess I'll keep them in my basement until then. <laughs> yeah. It'd be nice to make sure what they, how they'll fit with the three different event spots this year. Yeah, well, I'm so glad you're going to put them to use. I, <laughs> I don't know exactly why she bought these plastic bins, but whatever. Mm -hmm. That's what she did. It was so. like, oh, it's an investment for all the future ones, and then the next so two were removed. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get the, get the, get the COVID. We were still set to go. Remember, we were going to be over there in the... Mm -hmm. Before it was remodeled, the, the whole um, farmer's market. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep, we had done. So the last time I saw anybody before that, COVID was competing for that. You know? mm hmm This is Lexi. I don't know if you met Lexi yet. I don't know. Hello. Hi, Lexi. Hello, Lexi. How you doing? Good to hear. And what's your name? Jerry. Hi, Jerry. How you doing? I'm doing fine. I live in Okay. Cool, cool. I know. So we likely, um, I mean, as long as everyone was truthful with their absences, we'll not have quorum today, but we plan to still do announcements. However, that also means we can't vote on anything. So okay. happy for you to present, but unfortunately, we can't technically do any recommendations. Well, let's follow the rules. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you could say in the announcements, we'll... Ideally, have the live streams all up and going. I have confidence. <laughs> so. Well, at least Lexi might be pleased that she'll get out of here sooner. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. She, she has a couple books though. That she's yeah, in the global reading great. challenge. Right? Global you can reading sit challenge. here. There's enough. There's enough room today. It's a great challenge for readers. Not fifth grade, fourth and fifth grade. Fourth and fifth. Okay, fourth and fifth grade. What's one of the books you're reading right now? Um, look, I'm reading like this second. I don't have it right now. It's mm -hmm. called um, I Can Make This Promise. Then the book that I got was reading Fighting Freedom and Nice. Those are pretty thick books for a fourth grader. <laughs> you must be quite a reader. Nice. Nice. That's a lot of reading to do. <laughs> All right. Yes, that's fine. Okay. So, uh, Jamie Nolan, I'm sorry to report we don't have quorum today. Uh, so we still want you to present, though. We, yeah. 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 <laughs> we can still do that, but we just can't vote on anything. We don't so, have to, yeah. 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 That's just a major. Yeah. We're happy so. to hear what's up. Mm -hmm. It'll be reported. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Cool. cool. Right. Yep.
Sharon's in charge today. Yeah, we got three more minutes. <laughs> Hopefully, we get at least the other two people that did yeah. not mention they weren't going to be here. So we haven't I haven't heard from um, Gail or Joe directly. But usually, no news. Good news. Yeah. I'm going to run the facilities real quick. All Well, you're a person and an animal. That's that's a good analysis. I'm a monkey. Yeah, monkey? Monkey. <laughs> you're a primate. <laughs> Is there a way to make these chairs tall? Look at it. There's a handle on it. I think mine's going to be tall still. Yes. You want to make it taller still? No. You can make it even taller. Watch. Shut up. There. How does it feel? Feel better? I'm going to open two of them. We're short on time, I think. I'm tall, so I should have my chair down, but it seems still strange to me to be. There you are. Sharon, how long have you served on this committee now? I think I am in my fifth of six years, if you, the two, three year term. So. I think I remember what you yeah. were getting on. <laughs> Probably, yeah. yeah. In a minute now. Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> what a great service you guys are performing. I didn't miss Okay. 
I don't know where. Yeah, I think that's not determined. I was asking today because I was like, hey, that's you can I went to the uh, thing at the Bernard Center today at 11. Like yeah, I talked about it. And it's yeah, like so much to try to remember to follow up later. I mean, I hope it's at the theater. Yeah, that's was the plan. You know, because I mean, I. I've attended a lot of them and tried to present, you know, when we would have it. Yeah, it was quick. It was over half an hour, I think, or less. Yeah. You can't hear anything. You know, it's just, it's like, it's hard to know about it. Yeah, I mean, granted, yeah. Yeah, they, um, I'm lucky I enjoy the work. We'd like to continue with a few announcements and um, things that can go on the record for people to look at later, um, even though we can't, um, can't vote on anything. So we're live on both Facebook and YouTube. Uh, one second. We should be live. Yes, I'm just getting I'm up gonna... to the agenda. <clears throat> Not seeing it yet on Facebook. <coughs> Does the dashboard show live streaming? If it's on YouTube. Somebody could make a killing if they made it just one button. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, kind of weird today. Um, so I guess I'll just go while we're getting that set up. Um, is there any announcements individually, individual from anyone um, that is here visiting today? Community members as well? Uh, anyways, I'm Jared Walensky. I live in uh, Millwood neighborhood. And uh, they've been clearing, the, trimming the trees around the utilities. They've been doing a horrible job. Mm. I mean, not following the basic practices of pruning. I stopped and talked to one of them there. One of the first persons, I said, you need to trim this branch right here so it will heal over. And the comment I got, well, this is our business. No. And they really are. They're, they're killing the trees, basically. I mean, it's not going to happen next year, but quicker than, you know, would need to be. Even the newer trees that we've replaced, 
Oh, like in the last 10 years or so, you know, they're even butchering them. So I used to sit on the tree committee, uh, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. So I'm a little passionate about the trees and I know how they need to be maintained and uh, not being maintained. Do you know um, if what they're doing seems like regular maintenance, or was it possibly like an emergency that they thought no, that they needed just, to just go into it? They're going down the line and you know, like trimming around Spectrum's cable, and they're doing the power lines. Do you know who is right. doing the trimming? Is it the, the city? I, I have it at home. I don't have it here. Um, but it was contractors, not the not city employees. You're, you're pretty sure? Yeah. Okay. It was contractors, not like city employees that you saw doing this? They're not, they're not city employees. Okay. They're, you know, so-and-so tree service mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and landscaping. You know, on a tree, you're supposed to cut it. So there's a bone right next to the main branch on the tree where you cut it. You cut it in that zone so it can heal over. Right. I mean, they're leaving stumps like this long, and they're never going to heal over. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, in the past few years, it's been, you know, getting worse and worse. And I just really noticed that today uh, a branch about that thick, um, sticking out maybe 10 feet, cut off. No branches on it. It's just, I mean, I have some pictures, but something is slipping through. Okay. Would love um, more information if you could email that if you said you had pictures and such. Um, it would be awesome if you could email us um, the more, more info that you have. You said you had uh, the companies written down and like pictures of what's happening. That would be yeah, okay. nice. Just as long as I have that okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyone else? Get you, I'll get you our emails so you can email. Um, it's kind of weird right now today because we don't have a quorum, so we can't do any official recommendations. So we're kind of just going with um, announcements or comments. So. I just had a question. Okay. Question. Um, is, is, did you want to ask your other questions too? Well, the other the other one is less of a question since I already have a hunch I already know the answer. Um, I looked up the uh, rail path for Norfolk Southern, the irresponsible company that caused this. They do have one that runs right through Kalamazoo. Obviously, this is a small local body that doesn't have too much power, but still, I want to know if we are testing air quality at all. Luckily, they're 293 miles away. I highly doubt it would affect us, but weather patterns can be freaky sometimes. Do we have um, any, any 
any emergency plans for something like this would happen because these bomb trains could be running through here for all we know. So um, we do have um, emergency phone numbers that people can call and report, um, and there have been local issues where that's been used even recently. Um, and you can call and say, hey, I'm smelling this, and then there are people from Eagle that will come out. It's Eagle that does that, right? Monica, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that come out and will assess it, and they have uh, assessed. They have created uh, violations based off of that information and such. But those. Thinking about testing our air quality a little bit more because you, if you believe them, yes, you're getting better sleep than I. <laughs> so yeah, as far as announcements go, that was on my list to mention the Norfolk Southern train derailment because it does not seem like it's stuck off enough. Um, and that was just earlier this month. Yes. Anything else? Oh. If I can say real quick, so uh, in addition to the train situation, uh, we have this kind of long-running thing with Graphic Packaging International slash the city water reclamation plant on the north side. And so air testing has been a big part of that. Um, so I know it sounds like you're doing some reading already. If you'd like to add some reading and then get more involved, I would recommend just Googling uh, Graphic Packaging, E-G-L-E for Eagle. Uh, and you'll get a lot of reporting from MLive covering that. And then you can learn more about how you can report smells if you see them in those. Um, but long story short, we're very limited with our tools at this, at this board. It's probably not a surprise to you. But, um, yeah, we appreciate you coming in. They do have some air tested air quality um, up there, too, from, yes. from what's going on. So yes. you can see some data that way. Odor test. Well, we will test air in general. No, odor test force doesn't test air. They figure out. That's true. They the orders. Mm -hmm. The monitors that have been put up with all that in connection. Yeah, to your point, it's not like, it's mostly in response to something. It's reactive on a lot of things, unfortunately. Yeah. We have a vacancy on the ECC if you live in the city. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Jerry as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. But, uh, thank you. Is the working group on the program, or should I do, do I make an announcement? Um, yeah, you can you can make your announcement as well. Sure. Great. Well, um, it's really nice to be here, and I so appreciate the work that you guys do all the time. I've heard about this committee for a long time, and I it's the first time I've been in a meeting, so that's that's on me. Um, I'm an English professor at Western. Uh, I've been involved in environmental stuff for a long time. I also teach in environmental studies. And Sharon and I work together putting it on Earth Day several times in Bronson Park. Uh, and uh, the last 10 years, I've been a member of the Climate Change Working Group at the university. And I'm, I'm here really to make an announcement uh, from, from that group. Uh, and um, it's a group that has, uh, I'm on the executive committee, which is about 10 people on it. Uh, professors in a variety of different departments, including the sciences and the social sciences. I think I'm the only humanities professor that's not on that on that executive committee. But it's a also a much larger group that's done a lot of different things over the last 10 years in terms of research and education. And I could talk quite a bit about that group, but I'm, I'm not going to go on and on. Um, except to say that uh, we are really eager to work together with the city and support whatever you guys are doing in any way that we can. Uh, and um, we have. Um, 
brought a lot of speakers to campus, and we have a we have a reading group uh, that anybody here is welcome to join. I, I run that reading group, and we've often been able to read books and meet with the authors at the same time, which has been kind of neat. Uh, the next book we're reading actually is Falter by uh, came out from McKibben a couple of years ago, but what, I chose that book partly because it's about climate change, also about an artificial intelligence, which is a big topic right now. And also we've arranged for Bill McKibben to come to meet with us on campus virtually. Uh, we had him come personally a few years ago, but um, we'll be doing that on, on March 1st, and he'll be our kickoff event for the Climate Emergency Month. So the university is declaring March Climate Emergency Month. That's what I'm here for, is to tell you guys that that's happening. Uh, and uh, during the Climate Emergency Month, there'll be all kinds of activities and events, uh, educational and um, organizing and things like that. Um, you can find out all about it on the website, which is climateemergencymonth.org. Uh, it's not really an org, but that will take you to a website, a web page inside the Western Michigan University website. Uh, and um, I mentioned that, that, uh, that we were paying Bill McKibben $5,000 to come here and do virtual stuff with us, which is cool. Uh, and we're paying far less to Gaia Vince, who is uh, flying in from Great Britain, and we're collaborating with a group in Grand Rapids to bring her to Kalamazoo, but she'll be coming in person. She's a woman who just published a book called Nomad Century, How Climate Migration Will Reshape Our World. Uh, and um, it's, it's a fabulous, uh, important book about climate migrants. That uh, Right now, you know, there are more uh, refugees, migrants, and displaced people than there have ever been in, in human history, uh, over 100 million, not counting Ukraine. Uh, and um, the expectation is that by uh, 20 some years, there'll be uh, as many as a billion uh, migrants uh, from, from climate change. Already uh, 30 to 40 percent of the migrants that are and displaced people now are from climate change, even at 1.3 degrees <coughs> Celsius, or however much the Earth is currently warm. Um, so thinking about the climate migrant problem is really important, and she uh, has a lot of information about what is happening and what needs to happen and how we're going to adapt to that, which is something Kalamazoo, of course, will play a role with uh, and uh, is already playing a role with. We have many climate migrants in Kalamazoo, all the way back to Katrina and Houston, mm -hmm. uh, not to mention um, from uh, Syria and Afghanistan and uh, the Sudan and Central America and, and Southern Mexico, where our drought is causing a lot of farmers to land. So, anyway, um, we're also going to have. Uh, uh, Rashida Talib, uh, representative from the other side of the state, will be speaking about climate change on the campus. Uh, we're having Mitzi Stoltz. Do you guys know her? Uh, she is kind of the main uh, person in Ann Arbor who's organized Ann Arbor's efforts to address climate change. Ann Arbor and Portland, Oregon are probably the two most advanced cities in the country in addressing climate change. She's, they've raised a lot of money in Ann Arbor, one thing. Uh, it'll be very interesting to find out more about what they're doing. We're holding her event not on campus because we want to coordinate with the city, the community. So her event's going to be in the Van Dusen room at, at the library um, on March 18th uh, from 3 to 4 o'clock. Uh, her title, title of her talk is Lessons Learned from 8, eight, eight to 0, um, Ann Arbor's Climate and Equity Work. And so I think that will be really interesting and maybe people on this committee might even be, be curious about it. That's why we, we try to put in a time that would work for people. 
Um, we're, uh, so I, my primary purpose is to, you know, suggest that the, the Climate Change Working Group at the university, which we, we also founded a community organization here called the Kalamazoo Climate uh, Crisis Coalition, which is 20 different organizations that uh, meet every Friday and uh, are working on a whole range of different climate issues in the community. Uh, and uh, we really want to be supportive of you guys and communicate. Uh, we've got this Climate Emergency Month coming up. Um, we've been involved in, 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 in advocating for the hiring of the sustainability coordinator, which we know is understand we have in the city, which we're really excited about that. Uh, and uh, we hope we can support that person. Uh, one member of our uh, executive committee helped form the climate action plan for the city of Kalamazoo. Uh, Paul Clements was quite involved with that. Uh, and um, the uh, uh, measurables target in the city sustainability plan is um, uh, I think it's 52% reduction in greenhouse gases by 2030. Uh, so I think it's important that that, that, that plan match with the Michigan's plan, which is being revised. Uh, and um, anyway, those are those are the main things I came to mention. And power um, to you guys. I'm really glad to hear all the work you're doing. And this gentleman who's worrying about the trees and the the, the uh, rails to spill and the this is, this is important stuff, you know. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Stacked guest list. Great. Stacked guest list. That's, that's great. Yeah. It's awesome. What was his last name? Yeah. Alan? Alan Webb, A-L-L-E-N-W-E-B-B. I'm a professor at Western. And the website is climateemergencymonth.org. And we had written down KalamazooCrisis.org slash Climate Emergency Month. Is that? Uh, that will get you there, too. Okay. But all you need is ClimateEmergencyMonth.org. Okay. Because it's the, the climate cri that's the climate cri Kalamazoo Climate Crisis Coalition website. Mm -hmm. Okay. Gotcha. All linked together. Okay. And, um, and we had corresponded. Uh, we're going to do a, a proclamation. That is really great. We would love to have that proclamation. And what we're going to do is, if it's okay, I was going to bring a bunch of students down. Oh, oh. Are you working with Sue Bertman? And she's getting a language, and we'll have a conversation. However many people you can have. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, public comment, uh, and, and be here supporting the Climate Emergency Month, and, and whatever materials you want to bring so that people know about all this. Be honored to do that. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, Steve, Steve is the chair of the of the working group and wasn't able to come tonight, so he, he tapped me and I tapped her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we 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 talked about it last month and have a a draft um, recommendation written up, although we won't be able to vote on it tonight because we don't have an agenda. So we were moving in that direction also. Mm -hmm. Right on, you guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, on that note, I can just quickly say, so it's great uh, already working with Commissioner Hess. And um, in a sense, I guess we're kind of a formality just to kind of add another name to the thing. But um, beyond beyond passing the resolution, uh, we were just hoping to recommend the city uh, take advantage of its social media channels and, and all of its public information campaign to do uh, work for that. But seeing as we can't make anything official, it's just a verbal request. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, suggesting it. Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> make a suggestion. What, suggestions below a recommendation, I guess. Yeah, so, um, yeah. yeah, thanks for coming down. Well, fantastic. Right yeah, on, you guys. Thank right. you. Thank you.
no screen drink. Is there any other announcements from? Oh, uh, I was thinking we could do that at the end. Do we do do that in the beginning and end usually? Yeah, we were. Just, yeah. I think we were going to start doing that in the beginning. And okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. If you want to see if there's anyone now, yeah. and we'll do that again at the end. Yep. Um. After that, we'll do any more announcements, and then we have uh, the city here to come talk about the community sustainability plan update. Mm -hmm. I do have a question on the bylaws. Mm -hmm. I just I know we can't vote on them, but I just yeah. wanted to. Yeah. For sure. We were going to go over that too, so okay. we'll, we'll definitely Good. do that next month. Okay. Um, so, any other announcements from anyone here? Did you want to? Well, green drinks is the. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's sometime I thought I. Uh, the twenty. The twenty eighth, Tuesday, the twenty eighth, at some mysterious. Area. Um, they present a different environmental topic each month. Um, so this month is the Urban Bird Treaty, and um, and then it's kind of a social gathering with food and drinks um, to discuss those things. So that's that one. Um, I have a quick announcement too. I mean, uh, Kalamazoo Earth Day is coming up, so it's mm -hmm. on actual Earth Day this year. We have a couple months yet, but April 22nd, it is in three different neighborhood locations and. Um, there's also a podcast that just came out nice. um, about it from P Public Media Network. So. Do you think volunteers, if I'm not mistaken? Um, kind of always, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Any other announcements from anyone before we get started with the city's presentation? I guess I'll just mention them after all. Uh, graphic packaging got cited for another violation uh, for $100,000 um, in December. Uh, but we can spend more time talking about that when we have a full committee next month. Putting it on the record. Okay, good idea. Yeah. I, I did. I gave them both of ours. Doing everything correctly to be on the live stream and stuff. I'm not sure. Like I can just. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Um, if I haven't met you before, my name is Jamie McCarthy, and I work for the City of Kalamazoo in community planning and economic development. And um, part of my job has been working on a sustainability plan with our staff here at the city, and that was adopted last. June, so we are, you know, early into our implementation, and wanted to stop back here and give you guys kind of a, uh, a look back at how implementation has started, things that have been going on at the city, um, and then really a look forward as well. But I think you're going to see that most of the things on this list are, you know, getting started or they're well established at the city. And so I think for 23, you know, many of these things are just going to continue and grow and continue to develop. Over I just want to mention that Mr. Nolan 
Bergstrom is here with me, coworker in the same department, and has also been really involved in this kind of stuff. I'll invite Nolan to jump in on any of the um, projects that he's been more involved in if he wants to answer any questions or give you guys some updates. And then I just wanted to mention too that um, you know, Dean Wanda, you're more experienced and involved in some of the stormwater stuff as well. So I know that there's probably been a ton that has happened in 22, and I know you're going to have your plate full in 23. And I don't know if I have captured all that here, so I wanted to just kind of lift that up. You guys have been just doing an incredible amount of work on understanding your assets, maintaining those, and really improving those over really effective stormwater systems. Okay, so. I can just scroll here. So I think I covered this. Um, the plan is about six, eight months old. Uh, but I think a really big piece for our department, and I think at the city, is that um, our uh, we have a new position that the city uh, supported in this last budget round. Um, this is going to be a sustainability planner who's going to work in community planning and economic development, but they're really going to be that coordinator and that support to make sure um, we are doing some tracking and reporting, making sure that we have um, you know, a whole communication line out to the public. We want to be able to do a lot more engagement. So um, all throughout the city, we engage on streets projects and uh, neighborhood plans, and we want to be able to have that um, sustainability presence and really start bringing our work down into neighborhoods. I've, you know, any place in the city, every street in the city is part of a neighborhood, and those neighborhoods have goals, and so we're hoping to, especially into 23, and this position is going to help us with that. Uh, the position closed today, so it's really our hope that we will have this person hired and onboarded in March, in the middle of uh, March, and so um, hopefully you'll be meeting this new individual very soon. So in 2022, Nolan and I were just finishing up um, the, the city's part of the Michigan Green Communities Challenge, that's through the Michigan Municipal League and Partners. Um, and we have been bronze for the last couple of years, and so with this most recent um, challenge, we're um, able to move up to the silver level, and so that's looking at all sorts of things, from water efficiency um, all the way to um, non-motorized, it's just a, a whole list of different kind of best practices in, in municipal planning and implementation. And uh, we're happy to say we're um, you know, well into silver and have a goal of getting to gold here in the next um, couple of years. Um, I also wanted to give an update on our greenhouse gas inventory. This is something that we started really, we've been working on it for a while. In 22, we made some progress. Um, the same individual who uh, was working on this for his master's degree, um, we met with him a couple of months ago and really had, I think, um, for the first time, kind of a breakthrough in some of the data that Consumers Energy has been able to share with us, um, and then also some help from ICLEI with a new uh, technical advisor. Um, so our hope is that in the next couple of months, we'll have that uh, finished up and we'll be able to share more about, you know, which sectors are emitting um, what type of um, emissions, but really then thinking about what future reductions. Uh, so I'm not going to read through all of these slides. You guys can um, see some uh, different numbers and projects, but this really uh, kind of gives a recap across the city on different projects that have happened in 22 and programs that have started and things that we see continuing into 23. Uh, but they're broken up kind of in the four categories of the community sustainability. 
sustainability plan. And so the first tier is uh, green circular economy. I think what the city, um, because of our role, because of the city's role in solid waste and recycling, uh, you're going to see a lot of those kind of highlights here. But in addition, um, the city through FFE has been able to host now for three years um, a tire recycling event. Tires are hard to recycle, they're expensive to recycle, so for no cost to residents, they've been able to um, drop off uh, tires. I think it's been, you know, over 3,600 tires, 3,800 tires that have been collected and recycled. Funding. You guys are extremely familiar with the uh, foam recycling program that continues to go. Yep, it came, it grew out of this committee, and so that continues to be offered quarterly. Uh, and then you can see um, we had uh, a recycling audit that was done. I know this was um, a public services initiative and a grant-funded opportunity to really look at what folks are throwing in those bins and then being able to give them some feedback on whether those are recyclable uh, objects, if there's contamination, there was, you know, actual audits of individual carts and gave us some information and data on, you know, on a block by block level, sort of how often are the carts being put out, what's in those carts, what are contamination issues. And then Kalamazoo um, Roots is an ongoing um, class done through KVCC. Um, we have plans to expand that in 2023 into new neighborhoods. Uh, the Northside neighborhood is one of those neighborhoods, but we have just about 200 folks participating in um, this course. It's uh, it's really a cohort. It is a bit self-paced, and it's all about learning how to garden at home in containers. Okay, so we have a whole lot of road and transportation work that's always ongoing, and then I'm also going to touch a little bit on um, land use as it relates to a lot of the um, goals in the CSP, um, especially related to sustainable reuse of our land and trying to really encourage infill housing and density where we can. Um, so at the top here, the city's had a real, a very strong focus and because of that additional funding from things like FFE, we've been able to put in um, and connect a lot more of our sidewalks with network. It was something that through Imagine Kalamazoo, folks said it was really important where sidewalks are missing. This is not something that cities often have extra dollars laying around that they're just putting in new sidewalks. It happens when, uh, you know, a private developer redevelops or a brand new neighborhood is put in, and so this has been just a really great opportunity at the city to be able to do that. Um, we're also adding in bike, line, bike lanes whenever possible, so we had new bike lanes added in 2022, and I know that's going to continue. And then I just wanted to give a shout out to our partners at Metro Transit. They've been really great in a lot of their sustainability initiatives. This year, they completed what they call their COA tier, and that really helps them understand their um, operations, understand their routes, understand where they might have service gaps. It's really trying to increase ridership, um, and so I think we're going to see a lot of really positive things coming out of their um, COA. Um, I just wanted to highlight here um, all of the different um, uh, traffic calming activities that the city is really pursuing. Uh, we know that if if streets feel safer for non-motorized, we're going to have more folks choosing not to maybe use a personal vehicle or choosing to walk or choosing to bike. And so that all kind of goes together. Um, and so these are just really great uh, things that the city has been doing to, you know, make our road system, our road network more sustainable and safer for all types of users. There's been lots of activity. 
something to add real quick. Uh, you know, on the one hand, nothing makes me lose faith in humanity more than seeing the comment sections when it comes to bike lanes. But I can say that I am one of many cyclists that really appreciate the effort the city's taking in this. And we look forward to, you know, future projects, especially when they lead to like protected bike lanes and those kinds of things. So uh, for what it's worth, there's positive feedback out there as well. Thank you for that. Yes, yeah, that's, sure. a, that's a part of the internet. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just don't need that. Yeah. And I think, you know, maybe to your point a little bit, uh, I want to give uh, Nolan a little bit of credit here for pulling out this graphic for us. Um, you know, when, when traffic can be slowed because we don't need a certain speed, and again, I mean, we have traffic engineers who can study, you know, how do we have to get traffic through a certain area at a certain time? We also don't want a bunch of cars backed up idling and, you know, putting out emissions. But when we can slow roads down, slow streets down, slow uh, vehicles down, they can be a lot safer for folks. And so I thought this was an interesting graphic showing safety um, and its survivability uh, based on speed. Okay, and then if you haven't traveled west, <laughs> um, and if you haven't gotten frustrated with how backed up it was, there was a whole lot going on on that street at one time this summer. Ooh. I think it's, you know, all the goals of the city kind of got piled onto this um, space. But we do have these um, testing out some different bike lane options where maybe we can't fit in a, a fully protected lane, but this one we, um, you know, we're able to do something like that here. and. Um, Really appreciate the uh, special paint that was put on this. Example of some of the different ideas we're trying. What is fog ceiling? Hmm. Oh, and you want to talk a little bit about fog ceiling? Yeah, it's um, basically uh, it's just a technique for paving. So they'll drive by with a truck and it will throw out a new ceiling on the road. So it preserves the pavement, it gives it kind of a fresher look. They usually can do fog ceiling like in a day. West Engine Park in the inspection. Fog seals. Park went by, they did it. Eight hours back through. That green um, is actually not painted. All the technical details of it, but it's more durable than paint. A little bit different. We haven't. First time we've used green infrastructure. Probably see that more often. Next couple of years to see more. Trying more emphasis to the fact that that is. Thank you. All right, and I just wanted to touch a little bit on the. Um, the infill housing that we're um, really starting to fire up through uh, a number of different things. You can see here, um, we're definitely building new units with a unique partnership that's bringing funding together to build these homes on vacant single-family lots. They used to have homes there. We've changed a bunch of our zoning codes to make sure that those homes are permitted to be built there um, because we tended to change the shape and size of our homes, and so we found that a whole lot of lots of the city weren't even buildable because of the way we changed our codes, and so we fixed those to make sure that those lots can be built on. 
The next issue we face in many of our uh, core neighborhoods, many of our, of our older neighborhoods, and especially with the increasing cost of construction, that it is far too more expensive to build a home than what you're going to get financed for to um, buy that home. And so it makes new construction basically impossible. And so there have been a whole bunch of partners that have come together. I think we're on track to build about um, 10 to 15 new homes each year scattered throughout many neighborhoods. Um, and then we've also been working uh, to get these, what we're called, calling pre-permitted plans. And they're, they're, you know, one to four units. And uh, they're going to be coming together um, to uh, offer up this package to builders or homeowners um, who want to have this set of plans that's already made for them. We'll pair it together with some of the permits and really also start to kind of look proactively at, you know, where can these types of building configurations go throughout the city. Again, just trying to lower the barrier. Um, often, you know, we as the city get in kind of get in the way of making um, building uh, easy because, you know, we're very concerned with our codes and our safety and all those sorts of things. So uh, just one idea that we've been moving forward with, I think we're really going to see um, this whole pre-permitted plans idea come to fruition in 23, but made a lot of progress in 22. And then um, the city has certainly been supporting all sorts of um, new multifamily rental units, knowing that countywide we need about 8,000 housing units. Uh, that we're short today um, in the future demand we know that's going to go up and so um, we're just really focused a lot on housing here in the city and again that's one of those things i think we'll see increasing increase oops uh, that one that was the audit the picture of that one that you had on the was one of the pre-permitted plans right that is on the corner of rose and wall street yeah for single family that's correct if, if you're ever at the corner of Rose and Wall Street, it's the new, recent new build. It's beautiful, um, lower and upper units, and then a, an ADU uh, accessory dwelling unit over the garage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, live in any of them. Awesome. Yeah, definitely are. And then there's a single-story unit that's now being built this year. I think one's under a couple are under construction. So a little bit smaller, single uh, single level instead of a lot of these are uh, two. What plan does the city have to to deal with the unhoused? I do a lot of work with the unhoused, and many of those plans right there, I don't see that doing any of these folks any good. And I know there's what, like 50 pods or something? Right now. Housing resources. Pardon? Right? Housing resources. Yeah, thank you. And I'm curious what plan the city has to utilize them. I don't have that covered in our slides today. It's not a topic I was here to talk about, but happy to, um, you know, pair you up with or get you in touch with somebody. Um, again, I think it's a lot of the private housing um, organizations and nonprofits who are really helping, trying to help with that. Yeah, but what do we figure there's 170? I, I don't really know the exact numbers. Uh, folks, that are unhoused, and you know, the, the private can't manage all of that, you know, unless there's some special funding, you know, coming. I don't know about. And I really, you know, just haven't really heard have heard anything from the city saying, "Oh, we've got this. This is what we're going to do." 
This is in our one-year plan. This is in our five-year plan. This is in our 10-year plan. I haven't seen that written, I think. Anyway. If somebody could like show me where that is. I, I... I guess I kind of had a question similarly. Um, on, I don't know if you went um, down or not. So it said the certain amount of affordable units. Um, I assume we don't have like written into what counts as affordable because that's what I was thinking of. A lot of times it's like 80% AMI and that's not really showing the, de the actual demand when there's a lot of people that are way below that. So I don't know if you have answers for that. I think that's another big topic that we <laughs> yeah. talk about and didn't have plans to cover today, but sure. we can certainly connect on it. The city, the city will use the um, the the state numbers to calculate what area median income is, and that based on your income, um, percent of your uh, your income each month would be spent on. I have one housing policy question that maybe you might know something about. Um, I can't remember uh, if it was in the sustainability plan or how it was addressed, but I was wondering, you know, thinking about the streamlining for development that you were talking about earlier, um, I keep coming back to like historical uh, preservation policies and how we're going to retrofit a bunch of houses that need like, you know, a bunch, like sealed windows and all that good stuff. And I wondered, do you, are you aware of any plans to work with like the, house, the historic commission or um, this is just a general question? Yeah, um, we had, and I'll cover it in a minute here. Um, maybe this next slide. Cool. Um, I'm going to skip to the second one here. Sure. Reaffordable housing. Um, we had some dollars from FFE to pilot some energy audits uh, and some home uh, weatherization site activities. Uh, we're funding in this last year, we've funded five homes uh, to get those improvements. Um, we found it the way we had it set up, it, it's just not going to launch itself into volume. And we are mm -hmm. we're concerned about what that volume is. Uh, and so, um, I think in 23, we'd like to focus on bringing together all of the different partners who have those types of programs. We have county, we have NHS at the local city level, we have um, homework, but there are lots of groups that are working in this area, uh, but they've all kind of expressed that they feel like they work a bit separately and that being able to convene and come together and come up with um, uh, a way to even have a homeowner navigate, right? Like five different programs, who I call, who offers what, like that just there would probably help get more homes efficiently through the system. Sure. Um, so I think it's a great point and it is a big, um, it's a big problem, problem. It's a big opportunity to right. tackle, right? Sure. There's some really inefficient homes. Um, and it's just because the stage of our housing stock, almost right. all of the challenges housing stock was before there was ever an energy code. Um, so we're still working on it and it's just been challenging. Sure, but, um, we do have, I do, I'm hoping to find out about some dollars that would help us get a little bit of help on how we convene and come up with it. Also, I know through um, a collaboration with our public services department and consumers energy, we offered um, some water, a lot of water audits along with some energy audits that consumers energy does, but just to really look at if folks had um, 
you know, leaking appliance or leaking toilet that can surprisingly add a whole lot to your water bill. Uh, and so we were offering those this last year, or this last couple of years, but uh, another great opportunity for residents and, you know, saving water and energy is a positive thing and reducing people's bills. Kind of paired up with that for the commercial side, um, the city has been a partner with Consumers Energy and some others in launching what we're calling the Energy Collaborative. So this is for commercial buildings and um, it's really helping give them some very easy tools online to benchmark their buildings. So they know exactly what their energy use is, they know what it is on a per square foot basis, they can compare it to other buildings similar to that. And then um, they're committing to continuing to track and monitor uh, their energy use. And then they get access to consumers' energy programs that will help them reduce their overall energy. In 2023, we set, in 2022, we set a goal of working with 35 buildings, and we did get um, all 35 buildings signed up. Uh, the city did four of our builds, like our main buildings, and, and benchmarked those. But it's a really great tool. And now um, the Energy Collaborative is going to be extended to um, all commercial buildings in the county. So it's been a really cool way for us. That was a first of its time pilot that consumers did uh, and provided all of the um, technical resources. We work with a really great not-for-profit out of Minnesota who's done a bunch of this stuff in Minnesota and the Midwest. And so I'm um, really excited that buildings throughout the county are going to be able to take advantage. Make, like you don't have to sort through every single monthly bill. Like consumers is dumping it into this really slick online system for you to like check out all of your energy usage. Those 35, those are like some of the biggest buildings in the city. Yeah, so I had another presentation that I won't get to today, mm -hmm. but I would encourage you to come to March 6th because the um, night of the proclamation for Climate Month, we're also going to, I'm going to give a little recognition of the 35 buildings and I'll tell you more about them. It's about 1.5 million uh, square feet commercial space, I think 57 gigawatt hours is what those buildings use in, in a year, or so I'll talk about Jamie, I just wanted to add, uh, our homes were brought up, uh, our preservation early this week, Monday. so that will continue. I just kind of sort of recently just started their position within the last year. Within the year, yeah. Yes, right. Thank you. Okay, more energy stuff. Just quickly, um, we've been doing a bit of um, EV work, knowing, I mean, I've all seen all of the announcements in the last year that many manufacturers are going to electric vehicles. Um, they're going to be a more affordable technology, although nothing's affordable with inflation. <laughs> um, uh, but we, we at the city participated in a cohort. Uh, it was called EV Smart Community. Um, but it was all about how um, municipalities in it was kind of upper Midwest Great Lakes region, um, how we can start implementing best practices and supporting the infrastructure for charging um, throughout our communities. And then um, the city also participated in Power My Fleet, um, which is a consumer's energy supported program, but we were paired up with a, a technical consultant 
and took a look at all of the city's fleet and helped us come up with a plan on, you know, what vehicles you might um, convert over um, first. Certainly have a whole lot of heavy equipment. I'll talk about that in a minute. Heavy duty. Um, how am I fleet that what kind of came out of that was not surprisingly a very capital intensive plan. Um, and so we have not been able to fund the beginning parts of that yet, but I think you're going to see a whole lot more to come on teams and what it could look like as a city. Uh, we certainly, I think, the first thought is if you're going to switch everything over, we need to have good charging facilities. So it's thinking about where do you place those, how, how can um, staff get to use them, what systems they work, et cetera. Um, I think one really positive thing that's happened um, this past year is the city was able to take what was a small biodiesel pilot and they are able to now, that's been really scaled up, and so all public services, road trip vehicles um, that are have a modern diesel uh, engine that can use biodiesel have all been converted over to biodiesel. Um, I heard the director of the department say that, you know, a busy weekend and we get a big snowfall they had calculated um, the uh, the emissions savings and it's you know eight percent almost ten percent savings over burning regular diesel fuel and so it's um, you know a rather quick way to get some savings we had to upgrade some pump pumps and infrastructure and so we were able to do that uh, and allow it to be a product so a quick transition while we're figuring out and um, I we definitely threw our um, study, there was a whole bucket of vehicles that do not have EV equivalents now or probably in the near future. So um, it's a good alternative for us. And then I wanted to mention back to those homes, um, passing out uh, four of those in this last year were um, installed with solar panels. And it's something that we do want to keep looking at if we can um, extend that technology onto all of the homes that get built. Uh, but it was a smaller pilot that was done this last year. We're really waiting to see the data and kind of how that works for residents. Um, those homes all are um, like zero energy ready. Uh, so they all have um, the infrastructure it takes to plug in uh, panels if they choose, if the homeowner chooses to do it. Um, they have uh, air, like the air source heat pumps in them. And so this whole idea was to hopefully maybe offset some higher costs that some homeowners might see with an air source heat pump on really cold days. So uh, that's ongoing, I'm sure, again, something that we'll be hearing more about in 23. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then um, I wanted to highlight uh, some more of the things that public services is doing. I feel like we've got all the street stuff here, but um, just some of those like healthy homes um, and environmental health and safety type things, um, the city continues to really um, and what seems like an extremely great pace uh, replaced lead service lines to homes um, in a bunch of different neighborhoods, but there were over 800 of those done this year. Uh, the city continues to uh, really uh, promote and distribute <coughs> water filters, and then 29 homes got full lead paint remediation abatement this past year. Prioritizing homes with children. On Monday, we're going to accept another grant that allows us to do another <coughs> Yeah, and then I, I think that added to that too, we're going to be able to, um, with some federal funding, add on um, radon mitigation and stuff too to people's homes. So we're in Tomlinson County, we're at a high risk. What's the lead service line? 
the service line is the water main would be in the street and then the service line would come off okay. of the main into home. Up to meters. Yeah, up to meters. So I get that. So we always come up by the service lines. I'm just curious about the mains. Are those led to or what, what, what is that? Um, I are those replaced? I think I'm not going to speak on that because I'm not in that program. I will hold um, you. But I, I don't believe that the mains, <laughs> the majority of the mains are, but I could be wrong. I believe the mains are during major streets. Isn't that a source of lead poisoning? Yeah, it's a combination. I mean, if you go back to the construction of pipes, and this is what I've learned, is there's a wide variety of different pipes, textured, uh, different materials, and you can go by the age of the materials that were available to determine the probability it would have like lead. Kind of know by the age of the installation is made of, and if they don't know, they put it in the un. Those mains are replaced more often. Lead service lines are kind of like secondary, right? The mines are the big issues. Historically, I, don't I think most of the state's effort and the city's efforts have been to replace the service lines because line. I think right, I right. think that's where not there, obviously, but I think that's where most of the contamination issues were for, were from the service lines. That's the 800 number. Yep. Yeah. Right yep. Yep. And the main main. Um, just wanted to point out that the city is really continue the city's really continued to focus on planting street trees. Last five years, we've planted over a thousand street trees. I know that these efforts are going to be ongoing. There was, you know, several decades when um, there wasn't budget to be putting in things like street trees, and you know, build up that canopy that just takes a lot of time. And so it's going to be a great gain, I think, over time that we're, you know, really keeping continue to increase our tree canopy along the public right of way where we can as the city. And those trees were inventoried well over 20,000. And as part of that inventory, I thought it was very cool. Um, there was a separate category of where there's an opportunity to put a tree. Place and maintain. Is there a plan to plant more than 350 because my understanding of the opportunity is we could do thousands and still be not there each year. Know those numbers, but I do, I, I know the 350 is kind of the range that I've been hearing. Uh, I know we went up to bid for all three plants. Right. I'd love to know that process. Yeah, I would, the tree may be 
all the city down, all the city's bidding processes online. Oh, and so all the open bids that we're looking for. The sourcing issue is really interesting. We had talked about it a couple months ago, I think. Uh, Gail, Gail was talking about it. Uh, apparently, really hard to find native species mm -hmm. <laughs> or people that can supply them or something. So. Of the size too that they're going to want to put into a species, You can find, you know, the conservation district has little whips, you know, and it's like you put a little whip in somebody's curb lawn, it's going to be gone in a day. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, I know we've had a ton of stormwater focus. Um, we're going to be starting uh, part of that Michigan Green Community Challenge for that cohort. They're doing a, a green infrastructure cohort this next year. So last year, and we're looking at sharing um, information on green stormwater opportunities, along with our gray stormwater as well. Uh, Might be a question for Jim, uh, Director Baker. Um, do you happen to know if they've progressed much on the that big diversion uh, overflow diversion project they were talking about? I think they were in an engineering study phase last time we talked to them, and maybe October or November. Um, but yeah, we we had just talked briefly that um, we we're interested in hearing about alternatives versus giant massive engineering project. Uh, and there's you could maybe I'm trying to look for not kill two birds with one stone. There's another. N nicer phrase, but uh, green space might be a better solution than a giant trench, I think. Yeah, I don't have an update. I would okay. think you're on the right track to ask Director um, and indirectly involved in some of those sort of um, stormwater retention, stormwater mm -hmm. quality kind of ideas that are out there on right. some brownfield land, but um, mm -hmm. not a not flow. Okay. Yeah, might be a good opportunity. Sure, thank you. Um, these are my slides. I had a, the energy collaborative ones, but I'm not going to um, go into those. Again, you can join us on March 6th. I just wanted to highlight um, kind of near-term and longer-term things to keep in mind um, or to be aware of. So near-term, the next three months are going to be some really great outreach opportunities, engagement opportunities for um, the city, uh, the climate month, and that proclamation and the energy collaborative stuff is coming to commission. Um, I have um, the absolute pleasure of introducing Missy to Dr. Stoltz at the um, event on the 18th, so join us there if you can. Um, we, she's just been really, really gracious at giving us so many of her staff. I think we've had, you know, kind of workshop type one-on-one -on -one meetings with probably six of her staff on all different topics. It's amazing they have that many staff to tackle that many things. But, you know, they get to, to, you know, blaze the trail and tell us about the things that they do again, or how they would do in this again, or the things that they would just avoid. Really, really invaluable. She's been great. Um, Earth Day is coming in April, and so we're looking at how we get involved in those events. So I'm heading out soon, and hopefully our new staff person will be able to like help with our team. Um, and then Nolan's been helping um, getting involved in Bike Month from May, so it's another opportunity that we're going to uh, do some great engagement and. Um, Look for those, and those will hit the city's calendar um, and social media. You'll see them. 
midterm, um, as we think about, you know, what does new staffing capacity allow us to do, I think we're really going to be focused on communication. So uh, we'd love to be able to have, like, a new newsletter, things that would go out to the community so that they would know more about what's, like, there's a ton of things happening. Uh, but they, you know, you know how it goes. Like, you're this one staff person who's, you know, diligently working away with your partner, and, you know, we don't do a good job of promoting that kind of stuff. We'd also like to be able to offer involved in some ways. So that's something we're hoping staff capacity will give us this year, <clears throat> getting that engagement into all of the events that we're at. Um, and then more of that tracking and monitoring. We really want to beef up and think about um, our, our key performance indicators and how we're communicating that in um, uh, a quantitative type way. And so that's something that we're in-person adding some capacity. And then I just want to put in a plug that um, even later this year, but especially next year, um, our department's really going to be diving into Imagine Kalamazoo 2035, if you can imagine it. Uh, we are already to that point, and so I mean, having a lot of this information and having all of these goals, um, I think that's going to be able to integrate in and I think everyone to get involved how we can. Can you, uh, you mentioned March 6th for the Energy Club, and so I didn't catch a location or a time. And I got the date right. Yeah, it's commission meeting seven. Oh, the, oh, it was just Four. at the commission meeting. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. There will be like a formal evening type event. We're going to do it at the end of the year uh, because we have some categories for awards. Well, we had some categories for awards. All of our partners have decided we really want to tie it to like energy you've really saved over the year, right? So we're going to know that more. We'll be on the leaderboard kind of who's been able to dig into their HVAC systems and their automations and really tune those up and save energy. Maybe a question that Nolan might be knowledgeable on uh, regarding like complete streets and like, infrastructure stuff. Uh, any cool announcements that you see coming down the pipeline? I've, like it's electric bike stuff has been like my new hobby horse basically. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just curious if you know anything. Yeah, so uh, National Bike Month Are you all set? You okay. All. Um, more public comment? Yeah, thanks, Jamie and Nolan. Thank uh, you. I have to go. I have another commitment. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming, Jerry. Yeah, thank you so much for coming. Yeah. We're checking the phones.
So. Yeah. Phone comment, and then um, and then everything else. Pretty much, we're planning to move to next month. That's still relevant, which could be everything except for the dis this recommendation that we were gonna discuss, which now, but, yeah. probably is no longer relevant in the middle of the climate emergency month. Um, I mean, we're, can we just yeah? Check oh, we're, she's checking on phones. Yeah. Can we talk about or just chat about the bylaws yeah. thing? Because I just have a I mean, I just have a question. Yeah. Okay. A question. I mean, I know we're not going to vote on it, but I just, <laughs> I'm confused. Yep. Looking for clarification. It's been a confusing process. Is this one for me or is No, are, 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 there, are there any questions? I figured he's going to contact us. But any call on things? I don't know. If yeah. To get his info as well. Yeah. Um, Any callers? Doesn't look like it. All righty. Uh, I don't know if we officially adjourn because <laughs> we didn't officially start. <laughs> we didn't officially start, <laughs> yeah. but I guess that's all for today. All right. All right. Okay, so I remember like this big discussion last Thank month. Thank you, everybody about the bylaws oh, and that the city attorney says we couldn't have co-chairs. Yes. Curious. Do you live in the city boundaries? Do you have any interest Sorry. in joining us? You don't have to tell me right now. <laughs> if, if you'd like, I could give you my email, and if you think about it, you can let me know. All right. Meeting.